As an agribusiness expert with Alliant Energy and a farmer, I know how important it is to get the most out of your land. I know that also applies to getting the most out of how your farm uses energy. That's why Alliant Energy offers free farm energy assessments. With a farm energy assessment, someone like me will find all kinds of ways to help you save money and energy. We can even connect you with rebates to help make energy equipment upgrades even more affordable. Schedule your free assessment at AlliantEnergy.com slash Farm Energy Assessment. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live. We're going to let this stream breathe just for a second. Just for a second. Make sure it's nice and stable. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, back from a day and some change off. You know him, you love him. He is my partner in crime. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, it's good to see you, my brother. How you doing? You as well. I've been keeping myself busy. I ordered this home gym tower workout thing. I've been trying to put it together. It's been kind of a pain in my behind, but I'm starting to get it done now. And it's kind of, you know, killing the time a little bit and allowing me to exercise and work out like normal. So I'm just trying to quarantine responsibly, Chad. Yeah, for those who don't know, Zach, big part of Zach staying sane, a big part of Zach's daily rituals is the gym. And when you yes. can't go because of what's going on right now, you got to come up with other ways in which to exercise that demon. So props <laughs> to you. Now, to me, that sounds like a nightmare having to put together a contraption. All I can tell you as probably one of the least handy dudes out there, <laughs> it would probably take me four times as long to put it together. It would take you. Yeah. I have a cut finger to show for it. So it's, it's all good. But a lot's happened since last we had a chance to talk to our awesome audience here. Yeah. And it, especially as it relates to John Elway and Philip Lindsay and a kind of mini standoff, if you will. And one quick disclaimer that I want to get out in front of really quickly here is that this idea I've received so much blowback over the last two days and it's a, it's a minority of fans, but it, it's a group never, nevertheless. And that is that we are somehow inflaming this as an issue, Zach, that we are somehow um, making more of the Philip Lindsay, John Elway kind of standoff than is the needs to be, or is there, I want to, I want to speak to that here in just a few minutes where we'll update our listeners on what Philip Lindsay told Mike Kliss on Monday. And then also what John Elway had to say yesterday on Tuesday in his uh, 
joint press conference conference call alongside Vic Fangio. But first, guys, really quick, just a couple of uh, quick matters of business. As you know, you want to make sure you're following the show on Twitter so that you don't miss anything at Huddle Up Pod. That's how you stay plugged in to all things Broncos in real time. And whether you're listening on YouTube, Facebook, Apple Podcasts after the fact, you want to make sure you're following the show so that you are aware of everything and anything up to date pertaining to programming and the show, et cetera. And while you're at it, make sure you follow Mile High Huddle, at Mile High Huddle. All right, Zach, it's also kind of been a minute. I I mean, we've kind of backed off of this in terms of making it a consistent part of the show, but because of just what's going on and things that uh, are weighing down our, our society, I guess, if you will, but a reminder to... If you're interested, head on over to huddleuppod.com. You, you guys wanted that merch store. There it is. You get hats like you see Zach and myself wearing, shirts, hoodies, a little something for anybody out there in Broncos country. Rep your fanhood of the team. Rep rep your membership in Broncos country and part of this community of Mile High Huddle. So when you get some time, head over to huddleuppod.com. Check that out. And maybe that's not something that's feasible for anybody till we get through this storm of sorts. But just a reminder that it's out there. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. As an agribusiness expert with Alliance Energy and a farmer, I know how important it is to get the most out of your land. I know that also applies to getting the most out of how your farm uses energy. That's why Alliant Energy offers free farm energy assessments. With a farm energy assessment, someone like me will find all kinds of ways to help you save money and energy. We can even connect you with rebates to help make energy equipment upgrades even more affordable. Schedule your free assessment at AlliantEnergy.com slash FarmEnergyAssessment. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Every night, local police departments across America receive hundreds of calls from burglar alarms. The vast majority of the time, they have no idea whether the alarm is real. Is there really a crime going on or not? All the alarm company can tell them is the motion sensor went off. Simply Safe Home Security, though, is different. If you're like me, and you're one of those guys who's hypersensitive to every single sound and is tired of having to sleep with a knife under your bed, Simply Safe is the solution. If there's a break-in, Simply Safe uses real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime. That means police dispatch up to 350% faster than for a normal burglar alarm. You get comprehensive protection for your entire home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home. Entry motion and glass break sensors guard inside. Plus, Simply Safe protects your home from fires, water damage, and carbon monoxide poisoning. It's 24 7 monitoring by live security professionals. You can set up your system yourself, 
no tools are needed, or Simply Save can do it for you. And it's only 50 cents a day. That's peace of mind with no contracts. Visit simplysafe.com slash overtime and you'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure you go to simplysafe.com slash overtime so they know that our show sent you. That's simplysafe.com slash overtime. All right, Zach, let me first dial it back just for a second here to what Philip Lindsay had to say. In fact, let me pull this up real quick to uh, Mike Cliss on Monday. So before we set this, let's, let's set the stage first, actually. Really quick, Zach. December 30th, John Elway and Vic Fangio hold their end-of-season uh, press conference. And in that uh, conversation with local media, John Elway is asked whether or not he's considering giving Philip Lindsay a contract extension. And both you and I were surprised when he not only – said yes, and that's something we're looking at, but kind of gushed about the kid, like talked about how important he is and how, how you know, big of a dumb-dumb Elway is for passing on him in the draft along with all the other 31 teams, et cetera, et cetera. But long story short, he could have tamped it down. He could have minimized it. He could have been like, you know, that's not something we're really looking at right now. You know, ask me down the road. But instead, he kind of breathed life into it, kept it alive, if you will. Then, of course, the move for Melvin Gordon – Two years, $16 million. The Broncos are on the hook for $13.5 million, and you go, wow, what are the implications for Philip Lindsay? Not looking anymore like he's going to be getting any kind of a contract extension. Then on Monday, we finally get to kind of hear from Lindsay for the first time since the Melvin Gordon signing, aside from him you know, making a few tweets and things like that, by way of this interview with Mike Kliss. And the first thing that Kliss asked him about is this. It's not so much a rumor, Zach. It's more a the idea that people are worried he might demand a trade in light of what happened with Melvin Gordon. Quote, this is Philip Lindsay in regards to that quote. No, if you're hearing that stuff, I don't know where you're getting that from. Nothing like that going on. Close quote. And then one other thing here, there's a lot more actually to this, but one other thing I wanted to talk about is in relation to his contract. So he's going to make Philip Lindsay 750K this year on a college free agent contract, his third year in the league, Zach. Meanwhile, you got Melvin Gordon, who's been in the league five years, going into his sixth year. Lindsey going into his third is going to make nearly 10 times that amount, right? And here's what Lindsey said, quote, I feel like I've outplayed my contract. I deserve to take care of my family too, but I'm under contract still. My mindset is to play out my contract. The fact is nothing has to be done. You can't make anybody do something they don't want to do. Close quote. (laughs) Your thoughts so far. Ooh, that was major shade of John Elway right there about not making someone do what they want to do. And Chad, this is exactly what I was worried about with the Melvin Gordon signing is pissing off Philip Lindsay, one guy in the Broncos locker room who does not need to be pissed off, one guy who's paid his dues year in and year out the last two years. He is our spark plug. He is our homegrown stud. And you bring in a guy off the street, a former rival player, you give him $16 million almost all which is guaranteed, and you say, kick rocks to your your homegrown guy, kick rocks to Philip Lindsay. This is what I did not want to happen. They, they cannot afford any turmoil right now. It's bad enough they're not paying Justin Simmons. It's bad enough they, they're losing more and more members of that Super Bowl 50 roster. Pay and respect your homegrown guy and Lindsay. I don't blame him, though. I, I mean, he's a human. He has needs. He has a family. He wants to get paid commiserate to his talent, and you, you see your cohort coming and making a lot more money. I would feel the same way. 
way. But that's the pro that Philip Lindsay is. That's the kind of guy he is. He's not going to make waves. He's going to say the right thing publicly, but it sounds like privately, Chad, behind closed doors, he's fuming. And I'll tell you one thing, I do not blame him. You can't. You can't blame him. I mean, again, it would be a totally different dynamic and a totally different angle if Elway had not allowed this to become a thing, right? If Elway had just, you know, no, that's not something we're really looking at right now. Maybe down the road we'll see. I don't know. Next question, right? But he really did kind of keep it alive and breathe some life into it and created a kind of sense of expectation, not only for fans and and in the media, but if you're Philip Lindsay and you're hearing that, you're like, okay, you know, yeah, I've got perhaps a a pay raise coming my way here in the very near future. And then the very next move, of course, is Melvin Gordon landing on a very lucrative deal. He's one of the top five highest paid running backs in the game now. And Lindsay's sitting there holding the bag. And think about it. Fast forward, or I should say rewind. A year ago, John Elway brings in Kareem Jackson. And at the time, everyone expected him to probably be a cornerback. And Chris Harris Jr. has a holdover from Super Bowl 50 and even pre-Super Bowl 50 and three-time Pro Bowler at the time. Uh, no, four-time Pro Bowler at the time. Um, he didn't like the idea that this new mercenary is coming in and is going to out-earn him in terms of APY, right? And so he holds out and Elway gives him money and, you know, he should be commended for that, even though it ended up not really paying off for the Broncos in the long term. He sweetened Harris's 2019 contract, got him back in the fold. But that same emotion, Zach, is what Philip Lindsay has to be going through right now. What are you doing? I'm blood, sweat, and tears for this team. I've basically carried the torch for this team these last two years. A guy who's not even one time stepped foot on a Broncos field in the orange and blue is going to come in and make out earn me by 10 times. Not cool. I don't know how many dog owners we have, Chad, that listen to us. I know you do, but the one thing you're not supposed to do as a as an owner of an animal or a pet is to dangle something above them, whether it's a toy, whether it's food. You're just supposed to, that's where throwing them a bone came from that expression. And that's exactly what Elway did it to Philip Lindsay by making those comments, is dangling that carrot over his head and then pulling out the rug from under him by signing Melvin Gordon. Obviously, Philip Lindsay's not getting a contract until after this season at a minimum. I think Elway wants to see what he can do in a one-two combination with a quote-unquote better running back ahead of him, whether it's his hands, whether the Broncos feel he's on a true workhorse, I, I, I agree with you. Either don't pay him or pay him, but don't make it seem like it's a possibility and then go out and sign a former rival player who might be a little washed at this point of his career to a $16 million contract. This is exactly what I did not want to happen. We're going to get to what John Elway had to say Tuesday. First, though, Zach, we've got some super chats stacking up, one of which is already shot past to where I can't show it on the screen, so I've typed it in real quick. Bronx legend jumping in with a $5 donation. Thank you. Appreciate Appreciate that, my friend. No comment, at least in the chat card itself, no question. Um, But we really do appreciate that, my friend. Let me see here really quick. I want to grab these super chats because I hate it when the comments stream, which it's it's bittersweet, right? Because we love the conversations that take fire in in the chat stream. But when it gets really hot and heavy, it makes it a little bit difficult for us to stay on top of our great super chats and uh, James, AKA DeWalter jumped in $5 donation. Appreciate you, brother. He says, I got a job for the meantime. Oh, that's great to hear. Great. Congrats on that. Good for you, my friend. That's uh, a relief. He says, it's not what I normally do, but I had to take it to keep the bills paid. That's right. Number one priority right now. That's good to hear. Congrats, my friend. Yes. We really do like hearing that. Uh, Big daddy Kane jumps in $10 donation. Good to see you, my friend. Thank you very much. Controversy in Denver, Phil, Gordon, 
I don't know, man. That's that's the issue, Zach, is how much of this is really – I think it's I, – I mean, I do think it is a controversy in terms of yeah. – is. I mean, is Philip Lindsay going to hold out? I don't think he will. I don't think that's really his style. And if you go by what he said to Mike Kliss in that interview, it doesn't sound like it. However, he did throw down the gauntlet, Zach. He did say – let me find this quote really quick. He said, quote, Melvin is not my enemy. He's my teammate. He needs to do his job, but best believe I'm going to do my hmm. job. And then one other awesome quote here. Um, oh, man, let me find it real quick. Oh, quote, when camp comes around, it's going to be a battle. I'm not just going to sit there and give somebody the job. They can, but I'm going to go out there and I'm going to battle, close quote. And, Zach, here's what Elway said, and then I'll serve this over to you and I'll, I'll start working on some of the other super chats. He said, quote, uh, on discussions to add a player like Melvin Gordon when they begin and if there have been any conversations with Philip Lindsay. This is uh, Elway, quote, as I won't read uh, Vic's quote yet, but this is what Elway said. I think the discussions that we had with it, we thought it was important to have two really good backs. With the opportunity of landing Melvin, we thought it was a good combination with Philip. Obviously, there's always concerns and there's always issues when you bring somebody especially with the two years Phillips had. We'll continue to work with that. I've talked with Phillips' agent. We'll see what happens, what we can do later on. That's not a guarantee either way, but we'll see what we can do later on, close quote. Zach, my takeaway from that, in fact, it was the headline was, John Elway to Philip Lindsay on regards to a new contract, no guarantees. Right. It's 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 going to happen. He said, you got to wait till later on. We want to see what you can do with the Melvin Gordon one-two punch. And a lot of Broncos fans are thinking that this is going to motivate Philip Lindsay. It's going to push him to become better, chip on the shoulder. It doesn't sound that way to me. It sounds more controversial. It sounds more like Philip Lindsay is actually ticked off because he has proven for two years in a row he can be an NFL household name, a star running back. Yeah, he's undersized. Yeah, he doesn't have the best hands. He struggles in pass pro at times. But he has been the heart and soul, the spark plug of this offense for two years now. So it seems like for him to say, I best believe, that doesn't sound like the normal Philip Lindsay we're used to. That's a new Drew Lockish Philip Lindsay, a new confident swagger to him. And yeah, I think he'll be better. I think he'll get his opportunity. He'll make the most of it. I don't want to rock the boat, though. That's the last thing they needed to do in the year two of Vic Fangio. First year of Drew Locke starting is any sort of turmoil. I I hope it works out, but I'm very, very skeptical until I see it in practicality. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children 
changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Let's shift gears just for a second, not necessarily putting the conversation to bed. Let's shift gears to grab Zach here. He says, with a $2 donation, appreciate you, you, my friend. Great name, too. uh, Wide receiver might be thin by pick 15 in the draft, possibly, question mark. Uh, There's a good chance. I mean, depends on if there's a run on quarterbacks, depends on if there's a run on offensive tackles. But, Zach, I think one of the big three will be there. It's just yeah. a question of which one is it going to be. And if the Broncos indeed have their heart set on Henry Ruggs, the only way to guarantee landing him is to get up to at least 11. But, however, today, Zach, oh. it, it, an interesting uh, article came out on um, from SI Gambling, and it was talking about the odds. The to- there are four teams with the best odds of landing Jerry Judy in the draft, and the Broncos are one of them. So, Either way, I think that they're they're going to get one of the big three, either CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, or Henry Ruggs, fall to them at 15. But if they don't, I'm not – as you guys know, I'm not shedding any tears. Like, I'm okay with the Broncos not going wide receiver in the first round because I think they can get nearly as good of one in the second round and allow them to get another blue chip guy at 15. I thought you were going to mention Daniel Jeremiah's newly released mock where the Broncos pass on Henry Rook to take Kenneth Murray, which is ridiculous to me. If he's on the board at 15, they don't have to move up for him. They are running that card up to the podium or FaceTiming it, Skyping it, whatever. that They will take him and not a linebacker. I'm with you, though. The odds favor Denver having someone fall into their lap. And you know what? This year, they have enough capital. They have the needed receiver. If they love a Judy, if they love a Lamb, if they love a Ruggs, move up to 11 to 12, get your guy. But I do feel like receiver they will have their chance at one regardless on day one super chat superstar brian greenfield wow, currently the individual owner of the the biggest super chat flex of all time we appreciate you brian jumping in with the 20 dollars donation so much. yes says you guys rock i wish i was laid off i need a vacation especially with fishing season coming <laughs> lol well it's good to see you brian appreciate you my friend that means a lot and i'm glad to hear you're doing okay and weathering the the storm as it were Another Super Chat superstar up there on the Mount Rushmore at MHH, Steve Baumgartner, jumps in. $10 donation. Thank you, Steve. Steve. Thank you. uh, Hi, guys. I appreciate all the hard work you guys do. Are you guys going to be live during the draft? Yes, uh, Steve, we touched on this a little bit, and we've talked about it. There's nothing set in stone, but to use Philip Lindsay's verbiage, best believe we're (laughs) going to be doing something that night live. So what we're flirting with is we're probably going to go live at the beginning of the draft and be here to react with you guys and spitball this, the the top 14. And then when the Broncos go on the clock, whether that ends up being at 15 or if they trade up or if they trade back, whatever, one of us will have to jump off short term to go get that news up for our website and then come back and we'll, we'll try and figure out a way to do that creatively. We'll work other, uh, other analysts into the pod like Eric Trickle and we'll see how it works. But 
yeah, Zach, we have we definitely have plans to get that done. It's not as great as our original plan of being there, Chad, but I, I wouldn't mind just coming on here and hanging out for the duration of the draft, talking football, seeing what the picks are made, and hanging with you guys. And like you said, if, if one of us has to hop off, the other one can hold it down. So we will definitely be live during the draft. It's just a matter of how we want to structure that. Stu jumps in, speaking of Mount Rushmore of MHH. So consistent and so outgoing. We appreciate that donation, my friend. Thanks, it's good Stu. to see you. It really does mean a lot to us. And Zach, before we grab Dylan here, I want to speak to the topic of that Daniel Jeremiah mock because even though it does seem unrealistic that the Broncos are going to step over Henry Ruggs to draft Kenneth Murray, the linebacker from Oklahoma, the truth is he fits the the profile of what the Broncos need in that defense next to Alexander Johnson as good or better than any other linebacker in the draft. So again, it seems unrealistic based on what we're hearing. The worst kept secret in the league is how intent this team seems to be on wanting to get a wide receiver at pick 15. At a certain point, though, it, I mean, this is the lying season. At a certain point, you have to wonder if that worst kept secret is some sort of a smoke screen and the Broncos plan on doing something different. Only time will tell. And I'm not even saying that myself, but it's something we have to consider into this uh, equation but, Zach, it would not completely stun me. I'm not making this any kind of a bold prediction. But if the Broncos' true internal thought here was, we're going to grab Kenneth Murray at pick 15 and then grab Denzel Mims and trade up if we need to to grab Denzel Mims in round two or you know even back into the back end of the first round. I, this is I'm a person who was literally a few pods ago pounding the table for Kenneth Murray among the linebacker prospects behind Simmons. He's the best linebacker for Denver and would fit your scheme perfectly. The thing is, though, you have two starting linebackers. You have Davis who you can get by with. You have A.J. Johnson, who's the future. But who do you have a wide receiver? Who is your wide receiver to right now? Deshaun Hamilton, Tim Patrick. That is scary. If there's a rugs on the board, no matter if it's. Murray, if it's CJ Henderson, if it's Javon Kinlaw, they got to take that guy for Drew Locke. They got to give him the weaponry necessary to succeed. Get that burner. I don't care what receiver it is. To me, though, you cannot pass up a wide receiver for a non premium position like linebacker. Dylan jumps in with a $5 donation, one of our super chat superstars. We love you, Dylan. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, I feel like the Chargers are being downplayed too much. That defense looks scary, in my opinion although the quarterback position is the biggest question mark. And that's – I agree, Dylan. I mean, that defense is just teeming with talent. But that's where the rubber meets the road. You've seen how good of – I mean, you can have an excellent and great defense. But if you don't have the quarterback, eight and eight is kind of your ceiling. Nine and seven, maybe. I mean, think 2016 Broncos. That's the ceiling. People want to say, oh, no, the Broncos and the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Baltimore Ravens proved that you can win it all with a middle-of-the-road quarterback. That's that's not true. I mean, even Brad Johnson and Trent Dilfer, in their time, respectively, they might have been, from an objective perspective, middle-of-the-road average quarterbacks. However, they found a way in those moments when the chips were down in the playoffs to play their best ball. Peyton Manning, the same. He was, you know, he wasn't the same player even from a year prior, but Zach – he was one of the all-time greatest quarterbacks quarterbacking that team. And that's the biggest thing for the Chargers is you can have all those pieces in place, but it almost, without that quarterback, you're, you're very much dead in the water. 
You know, I want to apologize to D- Daniel Jeremiah. It was actually Peter Schrager that the mock draft okay. was today, not Daniel Jeremiah. So I apologies to you, Daniel. Um, I, when I tweeted about that, I pushed back against the notion they would pass on Henry Ruggs for a linebacker like Murray. And someone said to me, you need someone to guard Travis Kelsey. You need someone more so to match points with the Chiefs. So I definitely agree with this notion. You have to have the quarterback in place. They finally do. They're building up their, prote- their protection around him. Go get that weapon. You do not have a wide receiver two on the roster. You have two star- starting linebackers right now it has to be a priority in round one or two either offensive tackle or wide receiver or wide receiver and offensive tackle or lineman whatever you gotta help lock that is your number one objective marcos jumps in with a five dollar donation we appreciate you. you my brother he says how many touchdowns do you think drew lock will throw this year go broncos zach that's a good question i think that he has a real chance mid-20s is, is yeah. probably where i'm going to set it as an over under like 24 touchdowns but I think there's a good chance he can he can push for 30. I mean, Daniel Jones last year in 12 starts through 24 touchdowns. So good point. That was as a rookie, you know, bright-eyed, bushy tail, green thumb, green ear, whatever you want to call it. Brand <laughs> new, fresh, fresh out of the hospital, newborn quarterback, 24 touchdowns in Pat Shermer's offense. So I think if you kind of set that as a baseline, I think that's a realistic over-under, Zach. Yeah, it, it would depend on who they do get at wide receiver. If they get a Henry Ruggs, if they don't get a Henry Ruggs, that would determine, I think, Drew Locke's output. I'm going to put the floor, though, at 28, and I think the the ceiling could be 35. I'm very optimistic on Drew Locke's uh, prospects this season. If all things work together, if they get another lineman, they get that receiver, the sky is the limit for this offense. I mean, he went 4-1 and one as a rookie starter. He has a full complement of weaponry now. He's going into his first full season. I think 28 is definitely doable. Christian jumps in on YouTube. He says, hey, guys, I just saw a Mile High Report uh, publish the dumbest take ever by asking if the Broncos should take Tua at 15. What do you guys have to say about that? It's funny you bring that up, Christian. Uh, and, you know, all, all due respect and nothing against MHR and those guys over there. But just two days ago, the last time we podcasted, I believe, Zach, we were asked about if we would take Joe Burrow yeah. if given the opportunity in this class. Look, there's no quarterback in this class that makes me want to say scrap the what we saw from Drew Locke last year, going four and one down the stretch and captivating a locker room, captivating a fan base, earning admirers all across the NFL landscape, media within the league, without the league. Two is no different for me. He's a gr- he's going to be a good quarterback in this league. Don't get me wrong. If he can stay healthy, two is going to be a talent. But Drew Locke has already carved himself out a little niche in Denver, and I think he deserves the opportunity to continue to earn that the next three years. I'm not going to give this question any sort of energy chat. The answer is no. Two isn't to be a dolphin, and that's that. Muhammad jumps in, $5 donation. Appreciate you, bro. Thank you, Muhammad. He says, I don't understand what would Elway gain by doing that to Lindsay. Well, unfortunately, Muhammad, it's the same reason why even at this, when I, when I start getting a little worked up about the idea that Lindsay's kind of being left to dry on this issue, I think, well, What's the solution? You're going to pay. You're already the only team in the NFL that's paying more to their running back room than you are to the wide receiver room. That's kind of an ignominious distinction, Zach. Then are you going to double down on that? Are you going to now take and pay even an Austin Eckler caliber contract for Philip Lindsay? It's upwards of six, seven million bucks a year. You're going to really put that money into two running backs. I mean, in the modern NFL landscape, it just doesn't really add up, which is why it's, as much of an injustice as it is that that money didn't go to Lindsay, that it went to, to Gordon. 
That's a good point. In today's age, you barely want to invest in one running back, let alone two. And and to answer the question, though, it, it just seems like uh, Elliott doesn't care what happens to Philip Lindsay. It seems like he put on the tape from the last couple of seasons and determined he's not a feature back. He can't catch. He can't pass block. And okay, I don't need you anymore. It's like he kicked him to the side, whereas two seasons ago, he was the next Ring of Fame member. He was the next MVP of the team. And now he's just uh, yesterday's news. So it's I don't know what happened with Elway's thinking, but it seemed like there was a shift in his confidence in Lindsay as the as the number one running back. You know, Zach, I honestly don't think it was so much a shift for Elway because when I was working on the article for this, and most a lot of you have already watched the video on uh, YouTube, what changed for Elway? Because on December 30th, on the heels of the season ending, he was gung-ho all about Philip Lindsay and everything he's done for this club and what a dumb-dumb I was for passing on him and the whole nine yards. And then what changed? Well, on December 30th, the offensive coordinator was a guy by the name of Rich Scangarello. Three weeks later, that changed, and it was Pat Shermer. So my opinion on this, and this isn't because I've been told anything specifically, this isn't an inside scoop, this is just my own gut read of the situation, is that it wasn't Elway's evaluation that changed on Lindsay. It was Pat Shermer coming in, looking at the tape, and even Lindsay, as he's cleaning out his locker in December, he's telling the local media right then and there, he's like, hey, yeah, I need to work on my receiving skills. That's probably the one area that you know is, is my weakest, and I'm going to work on that this offseason. It's a top priority for me. This is long before anyone knows a Pat Shermer who loves throwing the football to running backs was coming in. And so I think Shermer took a look at the tape and said, great runner, electric playmaker, but he's not the polished wide receiver out of the backfield that I need for this offense. And that was passed up the chain to Elway. And it's not that Melvin Gordon is like, the best pass catching running back in the league. I mean, right. he wasn't even the best pass catching running back on his own team, <laughs> right? Good point. But he is better than the average person. And I think it's fair to say that Gordon's a better receiver out of the backfield with hands and routes at this stage than Philip Lindsay. But is it so, is the gap worth 8 million bucks? Again, I say no, but that's what to me, Zach, is the only explanation for what changed is you injected a brand new component into this equation a new factor by way of of pat Shermer. and ed we'll grab you next bro and, and it's not just the money now you upset the apple cart now you pissed off philip Lindsay. so it, it's it's double whammy against you and if that's true if they went with Shermer's opinion that's a mistake chat he's not the head coach he has no vested uh resume or tenure with the broncos he's a new offensive coordinator coming in he shouldn't wield that much power where he can just undo the entire chain of command and then go out and replace philip Lindsay, who is your homegrown stud he is your star the last couple seasons Maybe he had influence. I still think it's an Elway decision. This smacks of Elway appeasing the masses like Joe Flacco, like Case Keenum before him. It just seems like an impulsive move that only Elway would sign off on. Super chat, superstar himself. Ed jumps in, $5 donation. You know you don't have to do that, Ed. We do appreciate you, though, my friend. He says, so ready for football season. Nothing but love for all my Broncos family here. Denver Broncos for life. Hashtag state of being. Amen. And, um, Good to see you, Ed. And I know things are somewhat improved over the last, uh, let's say, last week. I know things turned for you, and that's good to hear. Caleb jumps in with a $2 donation Thank on Super you. Chat. Appreciate that, my friend. Good to see you. Um, oh, and he's got a question here. Garrett Bowles got four holding calls playing the Bears last season, and as far as I know, he's starting again this year. Thoughts? Well, that's a fair point, Caleb, but there's more to the story, and that is that he started off as his traditional, typical Garrett Bowles self, only to finish quite strongly from week nine on. And so the Broncos, everything we're hearing internally is they're not feeling a desperate need 
to replace or upgrade either tackle position. So you can take that up with with the team, right? But that's just the way the wind is blowing. I still think they're going to end up picking up his fifth-year option just because in a perfect world, they'd rather not have to be in search of another starting left tackle a year from now, which is what they have to be doing if they don't pick up that option. And they'll just bite the bullet and say, let's see what we can get done with Locke and this offensive line for 2020 and 2021. If he wasn't a first-round pick and a first-round pick a year after the Pax of Lynch disaster, he'd be out of a job right now. I, the Broncos and John Elway want to squeeze every drop of juice they can out of Garrett Bowles before they have to part ways. He will be on the roster. He will more than likely start, but don't pencil him in just yet. They can draft a Tristan Wurst, a Thomas in, next month, in this month's draft, excuse me, and he can be competing for a job. So he'll be on the roster. I think it's 80% right now he's going to be the starter because that's where the Broncos want it, but he should have competition this year behind him, Chad. He shouldn't be able to just rest on his laurels or lack thereof. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Ram Power Days is going on now with our most powerful lineup of trucks ever. Hurry in and don't just feel the power, own it. And right now, get 0% APR financing plus $3,000 total bonus cash allowance on 2022 Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cab models equipped with a gas-powered V6 engine. Don't miss this great offer. Visit Ram.com to find your local Ram dealer today. Financing for all qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Not all buyers will qualify. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery by 1031-22. Solomon, it's been a minute, my brother. We haven't seen you for a while. He jumps in off the top rope with a $25 wow. donation on Thank Super you. Chat. It's good to see you, my friend, and I hope everything's going okay for you and your family. But wow, Zach, that's uh, that's a way to jump back in with a plum. It's amazing. If you have any questions, Solomon, be sure to drop it to us too. Absolutely, Gaia jumps in because we want we want opposing views on these topics as well. I mean, this is there's a reason why we do these podcasts and why we crave your involvement in uh, the direction these conversations and these episodes take. And Gaia jumps in saying. Love you guys, but you're missing the point. The best thing that ever happened to Lindsey was Gordon. Running backs are a risk because of the punishment they take. Elway is protecting Lindsey. And it's a fair point, Zach. Maybe not so much that we're missing the point because we we didn't really argue what the point is. I think everyone knows what the point is, which is, I mean, because, I mean, bottom line, Zach, they did upgrade the room. I mean, Melvin Gordon is a fine running back. Don't get me wrong. It's a question of priorities. It's a question of, cost versus value, et cetera. But his point is a fair one in that five foot eight, 190 pounds when he's soaking wet, Philip Lindsay, you need someone to kind of help take some of that blow off. But you know what, Zach, as long as he's still getting Lindsay 15 touches as a baseline on a per game basis, 
I don't think whether Melvin Gordon came in or not, that was going to change, to be honest with you. Whether it was Royce Freeman or Melvin Gordon or a rookie drafted, Lindsey's still going to get his 15 touches. So how much are you really mitigating his wear and tear? I'm not denying that Broncos running back room got better, but you're protecting Phillip Lindsay with a guy who's had his own injury history and a guy who just held out for almost an entire season. That's what you're protecting him with. Injuries are a part of the game. Phillip Lindsay had one fluke wrist injury, and the Broncos just washed their hands of him. I mean, it's it's part of the game. Who's to say Melvin Gordon won't tear an ACL or tear an Achilles on his first carry? It's just what happened in the NFL. You can justify it. You can spin it all you want. The Broncos overpaid for Melvin Gordon, and they pissed off Phillip Lindsay in the process. Those are facts nick jumps in with a ten dollar donation on super Thank chat you, appreciate you nick he says you guys need to look at the coil app so i can tip you xrp nick i'm not sure what either of those things mean but uh we'll we'll do some research on that he says also love Lindsay, but he needs to learn the definition of business elway's responsibility is to the denver broncos not its current players and that's a fair point in terms of you know a gm it can't always be about, you know, to be mushy about it. What the heart wants, it's sometimes it's very much about dollars and cents. But, and at this point, that's why you're not going to see Lindsay get a deal anytime soon. But that's what I'm saying, Zach, is that was it that dire of a situation in the running back room to not only risk pissing off Philip Lindsay, but overpaying for a running back in Melvin Gordon and just kind of upsetting the apple cart. I'm not, I mean, at this point, I have to say, no, I don't, I don't see it. And you guys, we've been consistent on that since the day Gordon was signed, you know, two and a half weeks ago, or a week and a half ago. I, they want Philip Lindsay to prove himself and to be motivated, but hasn't he proved himself enough, Chad? If I'm Philip Lindsay, I'm thinking, what more do you want from me? I was an undrafted free agent. I was number six on the depth chart. I made a Pro Bowl, a thousand yard season my first year, followed it up with a thousand yard season with three different quarterbacks. What more do you want from me? And I'm on a, a really low paying contract right now. Then you go out and you bring in some veteran nearing 30-year-old running back, give him 16 mil. I, if I were Philip Lindsay, it wouldn't be motivation. It'd just be anger and frustration from my end. Joseph jumps in. Super chat, superstar, $10 donation. Appreciate you, Joseph. Yourself. Missed the last couple of pods with everything going on, but glad you guys are still doing what you do. Checking in again from North Dakota. Hashtag state of being. It's good to have you, my brother. Yes, sir. And, and Christian turns out on that same question, which we've already addressed. He also threw in a super chat, and we didn't see that till now. So thank you, thank Christian. You, Christian. That means a lot to us. Terry from up in the frozen tundra of Canada proving, as always, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being. I concur with what Terry's saying here, guys. Make sure you smash that like button and uh, appreciate the donation, Terry. As always, you know that, my brother. Uh, Tim jumps in. Wow. wow. That's Very amazing. generous donation. Thank you, Tim. That means a lot to us, man. $50 off the top rope. That's phenomenal and uh, very humbling. He says, appreciate you guys and your no bull takes. You and the rest of the MHH crew have made these difficult times a little easier to get through. Keep doing what you're doing. Zach, messages like that, I mean, it means everything to us. It is. And that donation, especially in these times right now, Tim, that is incredible. We appreciate that from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you so much. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep providing the entertainment and, and the new BS takes. And it's just what we do uh, naturally, Chad. It comes organically. Let's grab Logan on Facebook. He says, you think Bolin, Pat Bolin is rolling over in his grave the way this off the front office is running this team? I don't know about that. I think, if anything, he's just frustrated that they had such a hard time finding a quarterback. 
And it just goes to show they don't grow on trees like Elway said. And he sh- he last last spring said he's going to shake the bushes and the trees, see what he can find. Turns out by doing so the right way, he landed a guy like Drew Locke. And I think now that you've got the quarterback issue solved, so much of what have seemed like flaws and weaknesses in Elway's decision-making as a GM, you know, in retrospect, it's going to look a little bit different in terms of the decisions being made from Drew Locke on. But having that quarterback, Zach, that means everything. And I think Pat Bowen at this stage, if he were alive, RIP, and of course, you know, God rest his soul. But if he were alive, I think he would just be happy they finally found their quarterback. Yeah, spot on, Chad. I think if he was rolling over in his grave, it would have happened in the Case Keenum, Joe Flacco years. But now this is what he (laughs) wanted for the Broncos is to have that young quarterback, the heir apparent to Peyton Manning. It took a little more time than he thought it would or may have thought it would. But now that they have that guy, this is what he wanted for his team. Long-term, sustainable success. Gio jumps in off the top rope, $10 donation, super chat, superstar. Appreciate you, George. He says, Lindsay has every right to be ticked off with Gordon on board now. New contract or not, Lindsay will outplay Gordon this season. Zach, I don't disagree on it, any of those premises that, that George is putting forth. And it's worth mentioning that, you know, whatever, I forget Lindsay's exact age, 24, 25, whatever his age, it's worth mentioning that dating back high school to college, to now the pros, there is no running back that has ever been able to keep Philip Lindsay off the field. So I really, I mean, all due respect to Melvin Gordon, and as you guys have heard me say many times, including tonight, he's a fine running back, but I don't think he's going to be the guy that keeps Philip Lindsay on the bench either. All right. I would not be surprised if Gordon has more carries and has more total, you know, better stats technically, but I'd not be surprised either if uh, Philip Lindsay is, is ripping off those chunk plays, those game-breaking plays, and then it puts the Broncos in a catch-22. You're going to have to pay both running backs, and Elway's the type where he wouldn't pay Philip Lindsay purely out of spite and ego. It's like he showed him that Elway made the wrong decision, so I'm not going to pay you now. It makes a precarious situation down the road. It's, it's a good problem to have necessarily, but it can also blow up in their face equally as quick. Larry jumps in, $5 donation, uh, one of our Super Chat superstars. Also Thank a great you, follow on Twitter, for what it's worth. Larry, he says, in Shermer's offense, skill set-wise, wouldn't Devontae Booker be a better fit than Royce Freeman? Thanks for bringing that up, Larry, because that gets back to the point of if pass catching and third down ability is so important to Pat Shermer, why not just get a guy like Booker re-signed for a million dollars or a veteran minimum who, you know, he might not be the most explosive runner between the tackles, but my dude has extremely soft hands, is a very developed route runner, and would check that box and you could then pay that money to Philip Lindsay, but... I digress. It's not. It didn't happen. It's not going to happen. But yes, Devontae Booker would be a better fit than Freeman. It would just make too much sense. But it's like it's funny because in New York with the Giants, Shermer, it was ninety ten. That was a split between Saquon Barkley and their backup running back. And now they have two running backs, and they can't make it ninety ten. So if it was Shermer who was pounding the table for Melvin Gordon's addition, I think he put himself in a precarious situation that he's not used to. He wants that predominant running back. They had him on the roster. That's another reason I don't really understand, based on Shermer's history, the Melvin Gordon acquisition. Hunter jumps in with a $10 donation. Appreciate, Appreciate you, bro. Hunter. Thank you. Yeah, we haven't seen you for a minute. So sorry I haven't been here in a while. Work has been crazy with what's going on. I never miss the podcast, though. Is that orange hat up now? Dude, here's the problem, Hunter. I have gone to bat for you, my friend. The provider that we use for the merch store, a third-party uh, manufacturer, let's say, 
they don't they have no orange hats. So we either have to start using an entirely different back end provider for the merch itself, because maybe you don't know this, but when you guys order something off of huddleuppod.com, Zach and I are not stitching hats and putting things together <laughs> and putting it at UPS and yeah. sending it to you. The order goes out to a third party who does all that for us. And uh, unfortunately, at this stage for the hats, there's no stock of orange build hats. So as I told you before, this hat that I'm wearing now, it's got your name on it. Reach out to me at uh, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Give me your deets. I will mail you this hat. It's been worn, you know, a few times by me, but never outside this office. It's not like I go out and, and wear this hat around or in the yard or anything. It doesn't have a bunch of sweat stains in it or anything. So if you want this hat, it's yours. Reach out to me, Hunter. We appreciate you, Doc. Uh oh, did one of the jumps. Bear with me one sec, guys. There's your obligatory. Did the jump in the meantime? Good, let me grab it. Good problem. Indeed. Appreciate you, Angela. Super yes, chat superstar up in Canada, like Terry. She jumped in $14 donation. Thanks for keeping us informed and entertained. Is there anyone left in free agency as a quality receiver like Sanders was years ago? Zach, I don't think there's anyone on that level, but there are still a few options out there the Broncos could look at. I know you don't love him, but Rashad Perriman's one option. I'm not sure if uh, if uh, Paul Richardson has been signed. Do you know? I don't think so. And didn't uh, Perriman go to the Jets? I believe he, he was signed. Jeez. Well, if that's the case, no. So, I mean, and there's a reason the Broncos have stayed out of that market, Zach, because it's such a deep wide receiver. Yes, class. exactly. I, I was going to say maybe Taylor Gabriel for a deep threat, but why waste the money? You can go draft that guy at 15 and have him be the, the decade-long starter wide receiver opposite Cortland Sutton. Terry jumped back in with the $5 donation. Appreciate you, bro. Thank you, Terry. Hey, guys, who is your biggest draft sleeper? Never mind position. Hashtag football priest. Hashtag state of being. Hope you're all doing well. We're both doing well. We're just getting stir crazy like everybody else out there. Yes. But I don't know. I think for me, one of the biggest sleepers, and again, the way I learn most about these classes each year with the draft is by doing the copy edit work on articles submitted by guys like Eric Trickle, Nick Kendall, Carl Dummler, those guys. And based on what I've, you know, and what will happen, for example, I might be up editing an article that Eric submits on, you know, this prospect. And I'll read it and I'll get intrigued and go, wow. And I'll go to YouTube, watch some film on them and kind of come to my own conclusion on things. One player that has emerged from such a scenario is uh, the kid, uh, Akeem Davis Gaither from Appalachian State as a linebacker. He's a sleeper in a sense. I don't think he's, you know, I don't think the NFL is really sleeping, sleeping on him. I mean, he's going to go probably in a premium round, maybe third round. But he's a guy that a lot of, fans don't necessarily know about because he didn't play in a big school and you know he wasn't touted going into the combine another player is jeremy chin who outside of broncos country not a lot of people know about that kid not only because he's small school but because you know he doesn't steve atwater's name doesn't move the needle everywhere outside of denver zach so there's those are a couple names and they're both on the defensive side of the ball but you know that might be something you might want to say for one of the draft guys you took chin for me. I'm going to say Lucas Niang, the offensive tackle. That's a guy who's not getting the pub of Tristan Wirfs, but he could be there in round two, round three, and, and the Broncos could snatch him up. That's one guy. Jeff Gladney as well. He's not one of the top players in this year's class, but could be a little sleeper player that many people don't know of. Jeff jumps in. $5 donation. Super Thank chat. You, superstar. Appreciate you, bro. San Francisco is ahead of us in the draft. They want a wide receiver too. Have 
a feeling all the big four wide receivers are gone by 15. I'm curious who you're including as that fourth wide receiver, Jeff, for what it's worth. Weapons for a quarterback is critical. Can't just rely on the defense to win. All fair points, but I am curious who who uh, you have listed as the four. Because, I mean, the big three we know, right? Judy, Ruggs, CeeDee Lamb. There are a few other players who have been mentioned as potential fringe first-rounders, including Jefferson, including uh, Denzel Mims. I'm trying to think if there's – it seems like I'm missing somebody obvious off the top Rager. of my head. But Rager, post-combine, though, I'm not seeing him anywhere in that first round because he just had such a poor showing at the combine after he put on all that weight unnecessarily. But, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see Zach, what happens with the, I mean, the Broncos, you've already heard Zach talk about it tonight, how important it is to get locked the weapons he needs, build that nest. Yeah. And I, uh, Justin Jefferson's another guy, maybe he would be the fourth, but among the big three, the Broncos should have their chance at one of them. And uh, they need to pull the trigger if they get the opportunity. Zach, grab Ron real quick. I'm just going to make sure we didn't miss anything. Okay, Ron jumps in with a 4.99 donation. We appreciate you, Ron. Thank Thanks, you so buddy. much. Uh, we now have a pissed off Lindsey. Hope the balls, hope he balls out so LA can eat crow. He's the only Bronco that has played inspired football the past two seasons. And that's exactly my point. He's the only one with emotion. He's the only one with passion. He's the only one who literally put the Broncos' offense on his back. He was their spark plug, and. Uh, it pissed off can go one of two ways. It can make him a better player or it can kind of alienate him from the Broncos and resentment can set in. I don't want that to happen. He is your picture perfect Hollywood type story. Homegrown guy worked his way up. He's a household name. Now I would not have rocked the boat, but Elway thinks otherwise. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great way of putting it, Ron. He played inspired football. Now maybe you could. There's people out there who would pick a bone with you that he was the only Bronco playing inspired football the past two seasons. But as you heard me say a few times last week, I maintain all due respect to Von Miller. We all know how important he is to this team. But it's been Philip Lindsay who's been the most valuable player on this team two years in a row now. Two yeah. years in a row. I mean, can you imagine how god awful 2018 would have been with Case Keenum if Philip Lindsay does not <laughs> just take over that offense down the stretch? I mean, it, they had the Bron- he had the Broncos almost single handedly vying for the, a wild card spot when they had basically disappeared themselves from the running. Coming out of that bye, they went three straight, beat Pittsburgh, the Chargers, and I, there was one other one I can't remember who it was and get themselves back into the race only to then regress because, you know, a running back in today's NFL is never going to completely carry all the water for a team. But nevertheless, Zach, he has been this team's MVP, which is why we were disappointed to see that he's not being recognized. And I get that NFL teams, Zach, they don't, you know, they don't pay players until they have to. But Zach, that's the reason why I was so surprised Elway allowed this to maintain as a talking point when on December 30th, he could have crushed it right out of the gates. I love Cortland Sutton. I think he's a phenomenal talent. But Philip Lindsay, far and away, to me, was the heart and soul of the Broncos the last couple of seasons and the hair of the Broncos as well. He, he's just been the face of them before Drew Locke, and he was becoming a household star. And uh, I don't want that star to dim. I don't want the Broncos to do it. I don't want Philip Lindsay to withdraw from them. I don't want any sort of acrimony. I just want cohesiveness. If that can happen, they can be successful, but it can blow up in their face just as disastrously. This is true. All right. There's a couple of super chats we have to grab that. Uh, why won't it want, why isn't it wanting to show that? Hold on one sec here. I might have to just read it here. The banners are acting up on me. Let me see if I can get this to work. 
Bear with me one sec. Well, I'm just going to have to read it because this thing is acting up from uh, Brian Greenfield jumped back in right after Hunter did with a $5 donation. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. He says, what do you guys think of the new playoff picture for 2020? I'm not a fan, to be honest. What do you think of that new format, Zach, which is only one team gets a gets a buy, only the one seed gets a playoff buy, and there's a new team. There's seven teams now making it in each conference. I, to me, I know a lot of fans like it. I'm not a fan of it either. I think it waters down the overall product, and it, re- it rewards mediocrity. Historically, the sixth seed wasn't winning the Super Bowl. They weren't even advancing that far in the playoffs. It was always the top seeds, and that is not going to change now. You're just having a worse team that was – push into the the playoff tournament. So I don't like when things change for the sake of changing, and that's what Goodell loves to do. It's just another change I don't necessarily love. I don't love it either, but I'm willing to give it a chance. We'll see how it shakes out. Um, let's grab Jason here real quick as well, who unfortunately the, the stream kind of passed over here. Bear with me one sec. Let me get this up on the screen for you. Jason Haggerty himself jumping in from the top rope. And now I hit save. Bear with me, guys. Sorry. I know this kind of bogs things down, but we got to show our love to to those who uh, jump in on Super Chat. Appreciate that donation, J-Bone. He said, just think, Locke is at home practicing in the mirror right now with nothing else to do but study. Going to be in the MVP running. There's a bold prediction for you, Zach. What do you think to that notion? I think it's better than him being home playing Fortnite or Grand Theft Auto or Call of Duty like Paxton Lynch would have. So I love it. I, Drew Locke, to me, he has the, the full potential of a franchise quarterback. And like we've been talking about, Chad, the year of Mahomes, the year of Lamar Jackson, there is a chance it could be the year in 2020 of Drew Locke. That's right. Second-year quarterbacks in the NFL lately have been making a lot of hay, and it will not surprise either one of us if Drew Locke is the next guy at the table in that regard. All right, guys, we got time for a few more. Let's grab Ariel, Super Chat Superstar. Thank you, Rocking that hoodie like a stud. Lindsay, is is Broncos country's favorite enough said? Appreciate that donation, Ariel. Yeah, I mean, honestly, as as someone who operates the bit, one of, if not the biggest Broncos sites on the internet, I can tell you how much Broncos fans love Philip Lindsay. I mean, if Philip Lindsay doesn't matter what the headline could be about, Philip Lindsay wakes up, stubs toe, getting out of bed. Broncos fans want to read that. They love Philip Lindsay. It's just there's a large sect though of Broncos fans who are just as fickle as any other NFL fan. Now that Melvin Gordon's aboard, they're like, oh, we can trade Philip Lindsay. He can hold out if he wants. We don't need him. He could be the number two. A, a season ago, he was the star. He was talked about being locked up long term and give him this, give him that. Now it's oh, just take a back seat to Melvin Gordon. So it's just the nature of the fan. There's always going to be fans that are dedicated and loyal to Philip Lindsay, but others that are willing to kick him aside, just like Elway is kind of indicating he's doing as well. Larry, I hope you, uh, I I know we're kind of slow getting through the chat stream here. So hopefully you heard us get to your question there. Nad, with a $2 donation, appreciate you. Thank you, Nad. Hashtag state of being. Where are you at in the country, my friend? I'd be curious to know. Let us know in the comment stream, my brother. And all right, let's grab one or two more here. Non-super chat. Matthew jumps in on Facebook. Appreciate the question, Matthew, and appreciate you listening. What is your ideal first three rounds for the Broncos? Hmm. Hmm. Let me let me let me take a stab. Zach, I'm gonna say now not all fans are gonna like this, but this is just according to Chad, right? Tristan Wars at pick 15, Denzel Mims in the second round, and either 
um, Akeem Davis Gaither or Jeremy Chin in round three. That to me would be a phenomenal first three picks. Each one fills a need and you're not reaching on any one of them. I'm with you. I don't really necessarily have specific players, but I will say the first two rounds have to be either offensive line and wide receiver or wide receiver and offensive line. The third round, if they don't sign a corner, if they don't sign a Mukamer, they have to address the secondary. Someone like Chin or or cornerback or someone to help out the back end. So in my preferred scenario, it's wide receiver, offensive line, whether it's a center, whether it's a tackle, a guard, and then help out the secondary within the first three rounds. That would be very successful for Denver. Buana says, guys, you should make a community post and answer uh, usual superstar questions going through hard times to pre-answer and take a few for the show. That's a fair point. Um, Do me a favor and shoot me an email kind of elaborating on that particular vision. We we remain open to it, whatever whatever we can do to help and also fill requests and take care of our awesome listeners. So Buana, if you wouldn't mind, just shoot me an email after this podcast and let me know. Uh, DH3 jumps in with a wow. $20 donation. Wow. Appreciate, Appreciate you, bro. Thank you. I feel we all collectively need to accept the fact that Gordon is a Bronco. Fair point. He is. Close ranks around Melvin Gordon. Regardless of how much Lindsay is making this year, this notion that Lindsay will starve is interesting to me. His money will come. He's only two years in. All fair points. Yeah. Thanks for balancing out the conversation, my friend. And uh, that does, I think, get lost in the shuffle a little bit. And it's unfortunate because Zach and I don't mean for it to be. I mean, Melvin Gordon is a Bronco. He deserves the same, you know, respect and support that any Bronco would get at this point. And it's worth saying, it's worth mentioning he's a two time Pro Bowler. Philip Lindsay has rushed for a thousand yards each league. He's each year he's been in the league. Gordon only has 1,000 yard rushing season on his resume, but I digress. They're both Broncos. Let's see how it shakes out, Zach. That's a really salient point, and I'm glad he brought that up. I'm having trouble with the resignation of accepting Melvin Gordon as a Bronco, but just like with what's going on around the world right now, if we can come to terms with it and just go with the flow, it'll make it easier, and then we'll emerge from the other side. So I definitely agree with that. I appreciate you bringing that up. Brian, appreciate the donation again, my brother. You know that. Kevin jumps in with a $5 donation on Super Chat. Thank you, Kevin. MG and Phil in the backfield in the red zone. Noah and Cortland doing their thing. That's why he's worth the money. They can't sub on us. Hashtag Florida strong. That's a good point. You know, look, Pat Shermer is going to be able to make a lot of hay with those guys. Drew Locke's going to be able to make a lot of hay with that collection of weapons. And then you add a Henry Ruggs. You add a Jerry Judy. You add a CeeDee Lamb, a Denzel Mims. Whoever it ends up being at that wide wide receiver two slot, and it's not just in the red zone, that offense becomes dangerous between the 20s as well. I'm not denying that more weapons is good for Drew Locke, but if, if you throw those reception, those targets of Melvin Gordon, you're taking targets away from Cortland Sutton. You're taking them away from Noah Fent. You're taking them away from Henry Ruggs, whoever the Broncos draft. You're taking them away from Phillip Lindsay. They have to be careful knowing there's only a certain amount of reps to go around, Chad. Not everyone's mouth is going to get full, full with food. They have to kind of divvy up the portions as best they see fit. Nick letting us know, jumping back in on Super Chat. Appreciate you, it, bro, that he's in Corpus Christi. Rocking the orange and blue. Broncos awesome. country for life. The military took me away from my fam for the last 20 years. And the Broncos always find a way to bring us together from afar. That's good to know, man. Yep. Broncos country is a state of being. And, of course, we thank you for your service. Yes, sir. Friend. Thank you. 
for guys like Zach and I, that's a huge, that's a huge thing, man. We appreciate you. Justin jumps in $5 donation. Good to see you. Good to see you, Justin. Yeah. State of being hashtag in Maryland. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't think I knew that you were in Maryland. That's good to know my brother. Um, Let's grab James. Gibson was practically a receiver at Memphis. Needs to work at the pass blocking and needs a lot of work as a runner. But in the fourth, I'm intrigued. I would be intrigued too, to be honest with you, depending on what the Broncos do in the first three rounds. I mean, right. if they draft a wide receiver in the first and the third round, then I'm not really – I know Gibson could play running back too, yeah. but I'm not really interested in him anymore as a – as an addition to this club, but he is a very intriguing player and it will be interesting to see how NFL teams view that, that Memphis kid. He's really dynamic player. I definitely agree with that Chad. depending on how the Broncos, you know, make out the first three rounds of the draft. I'll be open to it, but if they double up in the first three, they'd have no need for another receiver around four. Bryce says, I'm almost as tired of hearing about Henry Ruggs as I am about hearing that, which shall no longer ever be <laughs> named on this podcast ever again. LOL. Brian, we feel you dog. We feel you. Uh, Cody, how many sacks do you see Vaughn and Chubb getting as a duo? I think they break out this year as the top pass rushing duo ahead of Bosa and Ingram. That's a good question. Once upon a time, I got behind that as a thought. You know, like, for example, coming out of uh, 2018, Vaughn Miller, I think it was 14 sacks, 14 and a half maybe in 2018, and then Chubb, of course, 12. Man, we had visions of 30 sacks between those two dancing in our heads. Uh, but Chubb got hurt, and Vaughn proceeded to really struggle without Chubb on that side of things. So I think to try and be a little bit more realistic in this sense, I think if you kind of shoot for somewhere between 20 to 24 sacks between the two of them, you probably won't be disappointed. I remember back in uh, last year, I believe it was, I remember writing about a 40-sack projection coming off yeah. of Chubb's, his, his rookie year and when he had 12 and it was setting records left and right. It, it's definitely possible if, if Von Miller returns to Von Miller form and Bradley Chubb comes back from that injury, which I think he will, I'm putting the over-under, though, at 25. 13 and 12 is definitely doable for two of the best edge rushers in the NFL if all things go according to plan. 25 should be the minimum, and I'm excited to see what they can do in the Vic Fangio defense together, finally. All right, guys, we got time for one or two more, then we got to get out of here for tonight. And if we missed your question today, stick with us because tomorrow night is the Mile High Mailbag for this week, and we'll get to as many as possible. Dylan jumps in, though, and he says, Hey, guys, on YouTube, as always, God bless and all our Broncos country also, coming from a New York guy who bleeds orange. Why all the talk about negative things? Elway seems to be causing problems with our spark plug. You know, Honestly, my friend, and thanks for the question, Dylan. Honestly, the reality is that as an outlet that covers this team and as a podcast that covers this team, we have to follow the storylines. We're not going to bury our head in the sand and ignore key crucial issues, especially when they're being talked about by the key players yeah. in those issues. Right. Philip Lindsay with, a, with an interview with Mike Kliss breaking his silence on the Melvin Gordon signing on Monday. That's followed up on Tuesday by John Elway literally saying, yeah, maybe we'll get a deal done with Lindsey way down the road, but no guarantees. I know that it comes off as negative, but it's not because we're searching for negative. It just happens to be a storyline predominating this team right now, and we have to cover it. 
Yeah, I mean, we're no favor. Uh, we're not biased in one way or the other. We're not going to blow smoke ever. We're going to call it like we see it. And that's it, it's a negative implication. There's a negative possible scenario unfolding between having those two running backs kind of collide heads. So uh, we're going to just call it like it is, Chad. We're always going to tell the Broncos fans and our listeners what we feel about a certain situation and then let them dictate their opinions for themselves. Well said. David jumps in with a $2 donation. Appreciate you, Thank Dave. You, David. Is Lindsay now trade bait in the draft? I really don't think so. The only way I could see that changing, and by the way, in case you missed it at the top of the show, we read the quote from Lindsay in that Cliss piece where he's completely squashed the idea that he would demand a trade. The only way I see it changing between now and the draft is if he starts making some real noise and trying to flex on Elway behind closed doors through their their channels, right, back channels, and basically demands a trade. And I don't see that happening, Zach. I think right now, honestly, it doesn't feel like it, but the Broncos envision Lindsey being one of the – we'll see how it shakes out in the wash, but one of the one-two punch with Melvin Gordon. And, I mean, reading the comments, we can go back and, and talk about it here, but I think we've already gone over what really needs to in these quotes. But Elway, let me just remind you guys, here's what he said. With the opportunity of landing Melvin, we thought it was a good combination with Phillip. So they have it in mind as a duo. Unless Lindsay forces the issue, I don't see it happening, Zach. A trade. If they trade Philip Lindsay, I am not washing my hands for a month, Chad. I would be <laughs> totally done because it would be the stupidest move Elway has made in his tenure, more so than Joe Flacco. I don't think it's going to happen, but absolutely no way should it happen. It would just be disastrously bad. I would be completely done if that came to, if that came to pass. All right, guys. Last question for tonight from Justin Jarvis, jumping in with a $10 donation. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, he Justin. says... Am I the only one that thinks Elway got Gordon and paid him good on purpose to try to get 31 other OCs to think we're going to do nothing but run all season and keep Locke undercover as long as possible? Hey, Zach, it's a little bit of a tinfoil conspiracy theory type of type of uh, thought, but I really doubt that's what it boils down to. I don't think Elway's trying to fool the rest of the league. I mean, the league saw, saw Locke last year. Going into a second year, it only stands to reason that you want to bolster a young quarterback with a dynamic backfield, kind of help take some of the pressure off of him. Right. I don't think it necessarily means that all they're going to do is just try and uh, run and, and keep Locke undercover. Yeah, I mean, it was twofold. They want to help Drew Locke as much as possible, which they should, but it was a lack of confidence in Philip Lindsay being the workhorse, being the one the 1A running back. And that's all it came down to. They just don't have True. confidence in him being that guy. So, And in comes Melvin Gordon. An inconvenient truth, my friends. Guys, that's got to do it for today's episode of the Huddle Up Podcast. Shout out to each one of you for joining us live, whether you were watching on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, wherever you were watching. We appreciate you joining us and contributing to the conversation. Even if we weren't able to get to one of your questions or comments, thank you for joining and participating. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at Huddle Up Pod, and while you're at it, at Mile High Huddle. A mile-high salute goes out to our Super Chat superstars from tonight. You know who you are. Zach and I appreciate you more than work. Thank you. Thanks. And uh, we will be back in the saddle tomorrow night, 615 Mountain, 815 Eastern, for our favorite episode of each and every week, the Mile High Mailbag. So until then, Zach, have a great night, my bro. You as well. I'll see everyone tomorrow for our, like Chad said, favorite part of the week. See you then. If we didn't get to your question, guys, have them locked and loaded. We will try to get to as many as possible tomorrow night. For Zach, I'm Chad. We'll talk to you guys then. 
You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.